Mark chapter 4. Now as you're turning there, Galatians 6 9 says, Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Don't grow weary in doing good. Now I don't believe Paul would have told us this if this wasn't a possibility, okay? So what happens a lot of times is we get tired and we get lazy. And when we get tired and lazy, many times we settle instead of pressing forward. Instead of going forward, we pull back. And so I believe this in our lives, that God is looking for a life of consistency, okay? He doesn't want you on a roller coaster where you're up and down, up and down. You're happy and then mad. Happy and then sad, okay? God is a God that just like this, He wants to touch your lives. All right. Here we go, we're in Mark chapter 4. Now, we've been talking for, this will be the fourth week on not to settle. This is all entitled right around the, the parable of the sower. And so there's four categories here, and I'm just going to briefly go over them here. Uh, the first one was the wayside, as down there, then the, the uh, stony ground, then the thorns, and then the last one is the good ground. That's where we, we're going to get today. Now, in all four categories, every one of them heard the word. The word was of the same kind. The word that produced the good ground, guys, it wasn't some hybrid. It wasn't some mystical thing, no. It was exactly from the Word of God. And so i got to heed the Word of God. Actually, in, in uh, Mark 4, verse 9, it says, He who has ears, let him hear. Well, every one of us got ears, but i got a purpose in my heart today to hear. So let's begin in verse number 13, Mark 4. Just for time's sake, we're going to jump way on ahead there. It said, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Okay? Every one of us today are going to hear the word of God. Every one of you in this room. Now some of you will heed it and some of you won't. Keep reading verse 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. Okay? So understand this. This very first one. And when the, the word is sown in their hearts, the devil comes immediately to steal from you. I believe this is how our heart looks in this one. There's not a lot of life. There's not a lot to it. And so what this tells me, guys, I just can't hear the word one time. I've got to keep getting in the word and keep getting into the word. The second one is found there in verse number 16. And these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. Who when they hear the word immediately, they receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. So endure for only a time. Afterward, when tribulation, and notice once again, when, not if, but when tribulation or persecution arise for the word to sake, immediately they stumble. This is this one right here. And it says they hear the word and endure only for a time. This is what happens. When I don't stay plugged into the word of God, it's in there just for a little bit, but it begins to start dying, and this is what my heart looks like. The first one, the devil, what did he come after? The Word of God. The second one is you're going to be persecuted. Why? Because of the Word of God. Who's going to persecute you? People. People are going to come after you, but i got to make the Word priority. Now, here we go to the third one. Verse 18. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word, and the cares of this world, the deceitful riches... The desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it, the word, becomes unfruitful. This is this one. And so this is like the word of God here, 
But if I don't make the Word of God priority, all the cares of this world start choking it. And so the things of this world are going to come after the Word of God to suffocate it, to get it out. So the devil, people, and things are going to come after it. This one right here, guys, I believe a lot of times centers around a thing called busyness. And many people in our society, we wear busyness like a badge. Look how proud I am. I'm busier than all the rest of you. There's no one busier than me. Well, guess who sets your schedule? You do. And what we got to understand about this one, guys, there's a huge difference between busyness and fruitfulness. And there's a balance in life, I believe. God knows we're here on this earth. But many times we become so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. Or the flip side, we become so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. So God wants us to live with a balance. Did you know this? We're called human beings, not human doings. Maybe a revelation to some of you. In other words, I got to get my, my life back in priority. And this is what he's talking about here. Okay? Now we jump into the next one here in verse 20. And this is the one we've been heading for. But these are the ones sown on good ground. On good ground. Now, let's pay close attention what distinguishes good ground. Those who hear the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God is a must, okay? i got to hear the Word of God on a daily basis, I believe. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith come by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. i got to continue to hear the Word of God, guys. Over and over and over and over again. So that's the first prerequisite to good ground, is i got to hear the Word of God. But then he said, and they accept it. They receive it. They welcome it. And you know what it's ultimately saying? They make the Word of God priority in their life. In other words, they look at it and say, this is how I'm going to live my life. And ultimately it says, and these are the ones that bear 30, 60, and 100 fold return. Now every one of them had the same opportunity to hear the Word of God. But one, two, three. Three out of the four, they bear no fruit. So I think we're safe to say 75% don't bear fruit. Now every one of us in this room today will have the opportunity to hear the Word. But not everybody will heed the Word. Look with me in the same chapter at verse 23. And I believe this will give us a little bit of insight. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Amazing how many times Jesus has said this, isn't it? I think he's wanting us to get this. Then he said to them, take heed to what you hear. In other words, you just can't hear it. you got to take heed to what you hear. And when I heed what he hears, which is really James 1.22, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. With the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now, I believe this falls right in line with 30, 60, 100 fold. And so what I got to do is I got to hear the Word of God. I got to hear the truth. 
And when I hear the truth, it increases my knowledge. And the way I kick my knowledge into gears, I start obeying it. And when I start obeying it, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to produce kingdom fruit. So guess what he's telling us? you got to stick with the Word. Notice he didn't say the good ground was those who were born in the right home. Not the ones who went to the certain school that they had a certain degree. He didn't say the good ground is ones who, who've never made a mistake. They've never sinned. He didn't say He didn't even say the one on good grounds are ones that are, are dressing in a phone booth. No, it's the ones that heed the Word, receive it, and welcome it. Now the bottom line to live by the Word of God is this. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And what is it going to cost you? You're going to have to take responsibility and you're going to have to learn to discipline your life. Many times the theme of our churches right now is this. People will say over and over, but I go to church. But I go to church. Almost like that's a magical phrase. Dorothy just cut, touched heels together three times and said there's no place like home. There's no place. No. Going to church is a great thing, guys, but you can go to church every Wednesday night and every Sunday for the rest of your life, but it will not profit you one bit until I say, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do the work. Now, I want to give you a little video, guys. If you'll show this video, this video will, will I believe, will begin to show you how this is going to cost you, how this is going to touch your heart, okay? This, this will really help you. Watch this video. He took their lamps. Their lamps. That means they had to take some responsibility for what they had. Keep reading with me. Now, if five of them were wise, sensible, and smart, and five were foolish, thoughtless, and silly. Those who were foolish, they took their lamps, but they took no oil with them. Now, when I look at this, they had heard the Word of God. I believe they realized that Jesus is going to come back someday, but really there was no urgency to prepare for the future. In other words, ah, we'll be alright. It's okay. Let's just go through life and do what we do. Verse 4. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. In other words, they disciplined themselves to do what was right. Verse 5. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Now the bridegroom here that the Word is talking about is Jesus. And Jesus is going to come back. He's the bridegroom. And me and you, we're the church. We're the bride. And He's going to come back for us. Now if you'll note there, it said, they all. Every one of them slept and slumbered. You know what this is telling me? Every one of them went through life. Day by day by day. Every person had 24 hours a day. Okay? And Jesus delayed from coming. How many of you since you've been here on earth have you heard numerous times Jesus is coming back soon? Probably every one of us. And if you don't live prepared, it kind of gets in the, the, the rear view mirror of life and you think, yeah, I've heard that forever and He still hadn't come back. Don't kid yourself, okay? Verse 6. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom has come and go out to meet him. Then all, I like that, then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. 
They all put their lamps in order. So you know what this means? They became responsible for me. Now ultimately we've got to understand, the only person that I'm going to be responsible for is me, okay? The same as you. There's be no grandchildren in heaven, only children. Verse number 8. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. So really, you know what they're saying? We didn't make it priority. We didn't discipline our lives. We didn't take responsibility. You did. We didn't do what's right, but we want you to take care of us. And ultimately, guys, it falls on every one of us. This responsibility is going to come to me. It's going to come to you. Now, in the United States of America, we have a thing called the Bill of Rights. And everywhere you look, you talk about, we've got rights, we got rights, we got rights. Well, in heaven, there's a thing called the Bill of Responsibility. And only me is going to decide that. You can't look at other people and try to get them to take care of you. I'm going to have to ultimately do this on my own. Verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, No, least there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for themselves. Now, this wasn't a lack of benevolence on their part. This wasn't what this was talking about. This was get your own. Quit depending on others. They all had the same opportunities, guys. We saw this. Every one of them. Can I tell you about God? God is an equal opportunity God, okay? He does not discriminate in any shape, form, or fashion, okay? Understand that. Verse 10. And while they went in to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, those who were prepared, went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. We went to church. But Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, I don't know you. I don't know you. And that's said many times in the Scriptures, this same passage. I want you to look back to chapter 24 of Matthew. And I'm going to be begin, begin to read in verse 36. Now, at the latter part of that, when we read, the door was shut, that's used in the same analogy it was, that when the man named Noah was on the earth, that when the ship's door shut, no one else was allowed on. When the ship's doors closed, the reality of their choices came into effect. Now my choices make me and my choice, one, becomes a responsibility. That's a choice. Verse number 36, get this. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Now what did he say here? As of the days of Noah, so will be the second coming of Jesus. So we can learn a lot from what happened during Noah's days. Look what happened there in verse 38. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating 
and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Is there something wrong with eating and drinking and giving in marriage? No. But you know what this shows me? They carried on in life with no sense of urgency. Eh, he's coming back sometime. And so really what it's, they didn't live prepared like the ten virgins didn't. And he says in verse 39, And they did not know until the day came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. So also. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and another left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready. Now, go back to chapter 25, verse 13. Look how this ends. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So really what he's telling me here, I must become responsible. I must become disciplined day by day by day. And if you go back and look at all these different parables and thoughts that Jesus had, in this one here, the parable of the sower, 75% of them had no fruit. The ten virgins, 50% of them. When you go and look here, he says, one will be left in the field and one will go. One will be left... So 50%. So over and over it begins to show you guys, I can't play around with these things. Right now or forever. Now in Matthew 25 verse 14, he jumps into the parable of the talents. What's that about? Well, there were three men. One he gives five talents. Two he gives two. And one he gives one. He gives one to every one of them. Then he says, The responsibility is up to you to do something with it. Now you know what the Word of God says? The one who had five, he went out and got busy. He took responsibility for his life. The one had two, he went out and made two more. You know what Jesus said to both of those men? Well done, good and faithful servants. You were faithful over a little, I will make you ruler over much. But the one that had one, you know what he did? He kicked back in life. And he did nothing. He didn't discipline himself. He didn't live with any urgency. And you know what Jesus' reply to him was? You wicked and lazy servant. You want to see the rest of that? Matthew chapter 25. Look with me at verse 29. Listen to what this says. For to everyone who has... I believe those are the doers of the word. More will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So you know what God does? God rewards those ones that serve him wholeheartedly. That step out in faith and make things happen here on earth. Now I want to end this morning in Mark chapter 10. Turn over there. Mark chapter 10. My commitment to the Word of God, guys, has to outlast the challenges of life. Understand this, guys. The devil does not want you hearing the Word of God. When people persecute you, my commitment to the Word of God has got to outlast that. 
My commitment to the Word of God has got to be above the cares of this world. And when I make the Word of God priority and Jesus first in my life, my life is well. It's like this. But when the Word of God or Jesus is in priority, my life is out of sync. Actually, my life becomes unglued. And maybe if some of you are right there right now, I can tell you my own life. When God or the Word was not priority in my life, my life was a wreck. It was a royal mess. But the more I heed the Word of God and do the Word of God, the more peace, the more purpose, and more of the things of God I have. That's the same as everyone. You know what? You can live in any one of these. This can be you today. But isn't God's best? You've got a purpose in your heart and discipline your life. Every one of us discipline our lives to eat every day. You guys were disciplined this morning to get up and eat. And you guys are fixing to be disciplined to go eat lunch. And you're disciplined to eat tonight. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're starving. This book, guys, has got to become priority. It's got to, Am I saying you got to do it, read it instead of 24-7? God said, guys, there's a balance. He understands you got jobs, you got obligations. But listen, guys, I can't put this underneath my life and think God's going to move. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Now you're going to get ready to get blessed here today. Mark 10, 28. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. We have left all. And so you know what Peter's saying? You've become priority. You're number uno. You're it. And look at Jesus' reply in verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, mark my words, there is no one has left or given up or sacrificed. Now listen to what he said they've given up. House, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, business, property, for my sake, for Jesus' sake, and the Gospels, and the Word. You know what he's telling me right there? I want you to be all in. As much as you love your house, it can't be the God of your life. As much as you love your spouse, it cannot be priority over the things of God. As much as you love your children. Now this is what he's telling us. And many times I still look at that and think, man, that's a bunch. That's a lot. But once again, I think he's telling us the day is coming where the only one you're going to be responsible for is you. That doesn't mean you don't love your wife, you don't love your kids. But he's got to be first. And when he is first, Jesus takes great notice. How do you know that? Look at this verse right here. Verse 30. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. You know what now in this time is? Right here on earth. And when I make 
Jesus' priority of my life. He said, I'm going to bring you into a hundredfold return. And what does he say a hundredfold return? Now look at this. Houses. You know what that tells me? Jesus isn't against you living in a six-bedroom house if that's the desire of your heart. He's not against you having things. He is against things having you. When I work nine to five to pay for that Corvette, and I work overtime, and my life becomes consumed with that, and then he goes on to say, brothers and sisters and mother and children and lands and business with per with persecutions? Yeah. You start living for the kingdom of God, you're going to be persecuted. And in the age to come, eternal life. So you know what he tells you? Not only am I going to bless you here on earth, I'm going to bless you in an eternal life called heaven. But you'll have to give up some things. That my word must be priority. And when you begin to have him chisel away from you, even things in life, guys, it's not easy. It's not fun. I remember 12 years ago when the Lord put on our heart to, to pastor this church. We had to leave, leave Clovis. That's where I grew up at. And we left everything. We left home. We left jobs, our lands, our, our families. Man, it was rugged at first. But I began to see what Jesus was saying. Listen, guys, I'm looking for ones that are all in. I am a 30, 60, 100 full return God, but you got to be all in. You cannot uh, uh, compromise. you got to keep living. And when you go through this thing called life, guys, when you compromise, it sets us back. And every day you're going to have an opportunity to compromise the Word of God. But this is where He's saying, you got to heed it. you got to live by saying, I'm going to do the Word, regardless of what happens. You know, right here in this church for, for years, guys, I've had people that have come to me with, you know, the, the pyramid schemes. Pastor, if you'll, just, if you'll just sign up underneath us, you'll never have to do anything except push it from the pulpit. And you'll be very wealthy. And I knew it was a compromise. And I'm not against those things. If you do it, bless but I've had to look at people and tell them this. I will not prostitute this pulpit in the name of making money. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to tell you guys, I've had great opportunities just like many of you, but I won't do it. That God did not call me to do those things. And I still believe with all my heart that when you do things with a kingdom integrity and a kingdom character, God will cause this to happen. But too many times we want to take shortcuts. And you know what a lot of them did? They said, see you later, we're going to another church. I can't control that, guys, but I'm going to tell you right now. God didn't call us for doing those things. And it's the same in you. What are you doing in your life to compromise those things? i got to live by the Word of God. i got to follow Him daily. Is there temptations to do things the quick way? Every day. Every day. And you know what they would tell me? Well, this pastor's doing it. And you can't believe the money he's making. Well, bless him. This pastor's not going to do it. 
And that's what I got to say to each one of you. What are you compromising the Word of God right now? Because if you do, you can live like each one of these. But there is a thing called reality of life. And I found when I honor God, guys, He's going to move. But I can't settle. I can't settle. Now stand on your feet with me here this morning.